Hello and welcome back to A Slice of Dice. In this, our third episode, I talk to Marshall Mowbray, who plays our lovable yet really lacking hit points, the glassiest of glass cannons, Leoberin, in the Manning Dance campaign. Marshall has always been a big advocate for many different TTRPGs outside of the mainstream, and so a great person for me to talk to about different systems and ones to recommend trying out. And actually, that conversation goes into a lot of directions that I wasn't anticipating when we first started, and uh, really some good food for thought. And of course, there is some food to be mentioned as well, as is now tradition in our fireside chats. Without any further ado then, over to the interview. Hope you enjoy. So hello, Marshall. It has been it's been a couple of months. How are it's things? Been a been? while. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah. Um. Good. Just working, 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 working. Uh. Yeah. Too many hours. Glad to have money because you need money to survive in this capitalist society. Yep. And to buy more However, dice. I would also to buy more dice. Uh. <laughs> I do like sleep though, and like my own time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Play roleplay games. So, as you know from the Discord chat, um, we have uh, a little uh, gimmicky thing to kick things off uh, to lean into the slice puns. So, if you could bring any slice to this interview, what would you bring? And what, I what could have bring you brought? Any slice. It would be this slice right here. This Ooh. is a slice of banana loaf. Mm. That is a tasty looking banana loaf. It is not homemade. I bought it from a shop to to pull out for this moment. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That is uh, that is the mm of approval right there. And mm. So, what, what, uh, any particular reason why you went for the banana loaf? It was the one that looked most like a slice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, t- I need to get a slice. I don't know which. Uh, that looks slice-like. We'll take that. Yeah, there's like muffins and like whole things, but that was the only one that's clearly been cut up and wasn't and was in stock. Stock. Is that the right word for food? I, I, I guess know. so. I guess there's a, a stock, mm. yeah, a batch. But yeah, um, yeah. Were you one of those, um, one of the many people who were making uh, banana bread uh, throughout the pandemic and that kind of thing? I did not get to that point. <laughs> I um, no. I was like, I, oh yeah, I'll definitely get to the baking thing. I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up the knitting. I'll. Uh, I don't know what the other things that people were um lockdowning but i sort of i got the knitting gear and i i sort of twiddled a little bit i went "Ah, it's too hard uh (laughs) not for me (laughs) complicated um yeah no no baking for me well i mean what uh, as it's turned out what why why do the baking yourself when you can go to a shop and they will supply it exactly i'm keeping people employed in in money i don't know yeah doing your bit (laughs) yeah exactly i think a great place to start is the beginning Uh, how how did you first get into RPGs? what was your first experience of it my very first experience of it was at school um but it was like a one-off thing that happened and then i didn't get into it for another like uh i don't know 15 20 years um yeah uh so that would have been like 15 or 16 and we played 
one of the Star Wars roleplay games for a single session. Um, what was that? I say like? one of because I, you know, your first session you don't really know a lot of the rules. So whatever the GM was saying was the game was the game. <laughs> right. So I don't know which of the three, four, five Star Wars games mm. it was. Mystery. Um, but yeah. We we had fun. We rode speeder bikes. We uh, were mean to stormtroopers. We were beaten up by Ewoks. All so, the classics. Presu so presumably, you guys were playing rebels of some variety. Yeah, or you know that sort of um, uh, secret third thing of like Han Solo -y types. You know that aren't rebels but aren't Imperials. Just the deal. neutrals, <laughs> the true neutrals. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sure we were doing good, good rebelly stuff. But all I can remember was like us needing to try and pole vault over electric fences. So marvelous uh okay so so um so that was the very beginning and then that was a one and long thing. long gap long gap of nothing happening and then uh when i was at um film school um i'd been sort of like looking into D D, and there was podcasts happening and streams happening and fifth edition was like uh you know getting all the popular stuff uh, that was the sort of as as fifth edition was like really kicking off and all the publicity for that was happening the podcast etc etc so that must have but been sort of... that must have been a few years ago now that must have been what um when did it, when did it yeah did it i want to say like yeah so it was around 2015 2016 that kind of time um that i was like this stuff looks cool and then someone at the film school was like i used to gm back in third edition I can run you guys through some 5th edition stuff. Uh, so we played some 5th edition stuff. And the the GM did like two sessions, but then uh, was had to do like a lot of essays for the BA course at the film school. And I was on the postgraduate diploma part. So I was like, I got loads of free time. <laughs> so I then GM'd like the next three sessions. So I went from like having played twice to GMing. Wow. Um, which was interesting. Um, yeah, and then there was a sort of bit gap again and then started playing and running for some friends. So uh, that's, so to, to go back to that a moment, that first time GMing you know, is always a bit daunting, right? Did you, mm -hmm. how did you find that going to, did you like put a lot of time into like you know, reading up on the rules and like getting everything in place beforehand or were you a bit more gung-ho about it? Like, yeah, just talk us through that. Like, how did you feel? Uh, so I had, I'd like, as a, as a person who likes to sort of read the manual, um, <laughs> I had like read the full rule book before even playing at all. Ah. Um, yes. I was like, well, this is D&D, &D, so you must, this is the book for D&D. &D. I must read the book for D&D &D so I can play D&D. &D. Uh, so I had a, as good a grasp as you can have on the rules from one read through having not played it. Um, so this is the player's handbook or the dungeon master? Player's handbook. Okay. Player's handbook. Um, and then when it came to running sessions, I was like, okay, well, I have to prepare everything. I must do the deep prepare. Uh, <laughs> wait, which, which order did I do it in? But so I did one session that was deep prepare, one session that was complete uh, flying by the seat of my pants, no prep whatsoever. 
Um, they both have their merits. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's, if you're flying by the seat of pants, you don't have to check your notes, which is great. Um, you can just say a thing and it's, it's the rules now. That's, that's <laughs> what happened. The people, yeah, exactly. You don't need to, to check anything. You don't need to figure out if, wait, I've got the adventure printed here. Um, if I kill this character now, do I need to like change a complete different part of the adventure later? Mm-hmm. No, I just kill them, and whatever happens, happens. Just uh, with it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's less good when it comes to like combat and monsters, because <laughs> D&D has uh, stats for monsters. Yes. Yes, I can imagine you can fall into a, a few more traps that way, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, if you like. Yeah. I, I need to keep track of... You know, th- there are some things that are set in place like the monster's armor class and the monster's hit points like these are things that you will need to track you can't just make it up yeah. or f- yeah if i you mean you, what you the can is, you it, can but uh part of it is you want to have a level of trust between you and the players and the rules mm-hmm. and if you're changing the rules all the time how can the players trust the that's um fair i mm. but, but but like the yeah you as a as the gm have effectively unlimited power um so you have to you have to be uh judicious um what's the right word anyway uh well, being fair is, is essentially what being you're fair, fair yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. and i i guess with that as also that comes if if because it's almost like not just it being fair but the world sort of having mm. a, a law having a canon that it makes that things make logical sense within that world and if you start throwing throwing stuff at mm-hmm. the, you know throwing the kitchen sink at it that can lose you almost lose the immersion of the game for the for the players as well is or... is, is verisimilitude the right word for this i think i, I think, I think that sounds plausible verisimilitude sounds cool verisimilitude if you're if you're trying to immerse yourself in a world and the rules keep changing, uh, it takes you out of the world. Uh, if if the roll to climb for one person was a fifteen and for another person it's five, you're like, well, why? Well, why? Well, what's going on? Yeah. If it was if you know like I rolled a, a twenty and I hit that guy and that guy rolled a, a, a twenty and missed. What? Yeah, what, what, what? Lo- where's the where's the logic there yeah the appearance mm-hmm. of being true or real is the uh definition of uh verisimilitude so there we go i think it's pro- very appropriate very apt yeah and that's our word for the day uh, <laughs> uh, use it in sentences wherever you can um <laughs> so which did you say would you say that you lean towards more or would or is a preferable sort of approach to to gming would it be um more in the uh rigorous note-taking and prep work uh, the fully improvised, or somewhere in between the two. I think it depends on the system. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I think there are systems that reward uh, prep, and I think there are systems that reward uh, free from free form uh, inspiration, um, creation. Like, there's there's definitely systems where, like, in the rulebook, it's like, do not have a plan for your session come in at the start of your session you were like the players are going to pick 
a set number of like goals they want to meet uh and then come up with an adventure based on that and that's real cool um so yeah i i like and play both but mm -hmm. it really it does depend on the system like um there's definitely games where i've been like uh this should not be run like seat of your pants gaming <laughs> and other things where I'm like i wish they didn't have a plan because this system does not this system does not reward a pre-built adventure so um could you give us a a couple of examples of each of uh of systems yeah that i mean uh, specifically specifically as uh, a, a roleplay game that says don't come in with a plan or if you do a very loose plan uh heart the city beneath uh, yes uh that is great that is um uh product placement uh <laughs> that is uh, it's by rowan rook and deckard deckard um that also have spire set in the same world and with mostly the same rules similar rules um but that is a lot about like player driven adventuring mm -hmm. um like heart will have like this big page of um goals of minor goals and major goals and i think it's zenith is the the top bracket um and if you complete a minor goal you get a minor feat uh, i don't know the proper terms for it um if you get a complete a major goal you get a major feat if you complete a zenith goal you get a zenith feat um they're not called feeds um but yeah so it's it's the 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 players choices drive the story like they can pick i think two beats per session mm -hmm. and if you've cleared off a beat you can't pick that one again so you can't just always be like uh i get thrown out of a pub is like a, a simple sample beat or like uh i uh bring about the downfall of a town is like a major beat kind of stuff mm -hmm. um so yeah so that sort of drives the story and then you sort of come up with how you can get through as many beats for the players as possible in a session <laughs> um and yeah there's a it's also a game where um none of the roles are forced onto the players like they're like, oh, I want to do that thing, and you're like, cool, okay. So if if you do that thing, uh, that's probably going to be uh, this kind of difficult, and um, it'll go. I think this stat, unless you've got a pitch for another stat, and they go, no, 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 and again, like, and then this is how much you're risking, and they'll go, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> Let's come up with some other way of doing a thing. Um, yeah. Okay, so Sorry, there's a you... bit more transparency ahead of any potential rolling being like okay this could be quite difficult mm -hmm. uh and then like sort of giving giving an giving an option of backing out essentially before yeah doing anything yeah you're never going to have the moment of um uh i don't know I, I pick the lock and oh no there's a monster behind the door in the well i guess something like that but i'm trying to think of the best example where's the book i don't know um Basically, yeah, like, it's, it's oh, a yeah, lot you more can try like and pick this lock. Oh, it, by the way, and then after they've attempted it, no, the DC was thirty. Like this. Yeah, like, yeah. There's you've got like a couple of different, I say stats, um, and I, I'd be like, or they'd already know what stat was going to take damage if they attempted the thing. It wouldn't be like a twist. Aha. Uh -huh, okay. Surprise afterwards. Some of the the beats that I was describing, like do a thing, 
this session, some of them are like take massive amounts of certain type of damage. Oh, okay. So like their goal is to uh, suffer and eventually die. Like all, almost all of the Zenith beats, the, all the Zenith beats will take you out of the game. Like you are no longer a character, usually because you're dead. Um, <laughs> but the, the goal in the game is, is to expire your character. Um, in, in some epic way, uh, when I last ran it, one person became a train. <laughs> um, another person, I think, became like, uh, yeah, is is you know various deaths. Like I, I think the death. one of the ones is you end up like trapped in bureaucracy for the rest of your life. Like, oh no, is, is doing is you're you're taken out of the game because you're doing paperwork. Um, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I I I, 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 I I take back any any compliments I had about this game. No, no, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> that's a choice. That's that's the thing. The players choose which ending they want to go for, and when they want to do it. Really. And so, one example of a system then that you would say rewards much more the prep work of the GMing side. Mm. Would you say? I feel like anything um, with with sort of complicated stat blocks for enemies. Um, I think D and D is one that rewards some planning. I think Pathfinder is one that rewards planning. My current favorite Pathfinder. Uh, ooh, ooh, what's the what's the name of it? Uh, Aegon. Aegon is almost certainly you need to like a plan for that because you've got to get through like an island's worth of adventuring uh, in one session. Oh wow! So you need to keep the pace up and like make sure people tick off enough goals by the end of the however many hours you've got planned. Um, yeah, that does feel quite the, a bit more dungeon crawly, like when you have that, yeah, and got yeah. to get through a lot of encounters and such. Um, but also it's uh, like the Aegon prep is like very small prep, but like concentrated, right. I'd say. Um, whereas like something like the D&D or Pathfinder, it's like, I need to read through Monster Zaplock and know what spells they can use and how best to use those spells and what like sort of how they would use their cool abilities that they have. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas something like masks, the next generation full title, um, <laughs> is again, something that is a little more player driven or can, should be question mark. Um, where yeah, enemies are just whatever you make up and they can do whatever you, think is cool for a superhero to have super villain i should say they probably think they're the heroes though from the villain's perspective of course you know, of course, of course. So, only, um, only chaotic evil know they're the bad guy <laughs> yeah yeah because something like like that like any sort of powered by the apocalypse the target numbers are always the same okay so yeah you don't really need stats Depending on the sit, some some of them have a bit more staty. Like their weapon does two harm or one harm or whatever, but it's one harm, two harm, or three harm. It's not. You don't yeah. need a lot of prep for that. Across all of those, all of the different uh, systems that you play, and all the different TTRPGs, for lack mm. of a better uh, acronym, uh, that you've played, um, can you share with us uh, sort of a couple of your most memorable moments, whether that's as a player or as a GM? Oh, uh, um, there's a lot to delve into, moments. I'm sure. 
Yeah. I think it was it was D&D &D where a couple of characters ended up like a couple of player characters ended up in a player character relationship that was very like uh high drama lots of like uh arguments and and storming off and very getting back together and and family members like like meeting the parents and that kind of stuff um was that um from the sunday D D when mm -hmm. we met that was uh between uh, I, I can't remember the players' names. Uh, oh, the characters' oh. names. There was the warlock. Yeah. Characters' names rogue. were Wilma. 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 Yes. Oh, Wilma and, is in. Um, um, sorry, Pavel's character. Yes, yeah. that was it. And and uh uh, uh, uh she played a rogue. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's a knockoff name from an actual like a famous D and D character. Um. Oh, oh what was it? anyway um <laughs> but, but it's been it's been several years since those characters um, of course it has yeah were played uh what else was fun uh what in that same campaign my, my character died uh so i took over for a session as the gm to run my character's funeral wow <laughs> i have run a session where uh i added to the deck of many things uh, i brought real cards so people could pull real cards from a real deck mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that I feel like some players ended up with slight trauma because they basically kept, uh, pulling, they, they did basically wanted to pull all the cards all the time. Um, and, uh, well, I think, yeah, they, they pull some cards and then something go horribly wrong. So they'd pull more cards until they got to like one of the wish equivalent cards. Right so that they could rewind time to before they'd pulled the other cards so they could have another go did I and they rewound this? probably <laughs> Sorry, go, and, go and they rewound this. time like five or six times uh they started they 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 had like a, a ogre npc companion that they emotionally manipulated into pulling cards um which i think is the bit that caused trauma like the the emotional manipulation of this um not particularly bright character i think is what kind of broke one of the players because <laughs> that was messed up um but yeah they they, they well, i think one player was a little mad that in one of the time loops they got like extra levels and a bunch of money and then because someone else got stuck in a like prison dimension they rewound time and lost all those levels and that money <laughs> <laughs> gutting so gutting anyway uh yeah if you want a memorable session that will mess with your players uh yeah deck of many things or equivalent chaos items very fun yeah quite possibly messing with the entire um campaign as well like can go in a completely different direction uh depending yeah. on what's been pulled um yeah uh, but yes, sorry, you were uh, you were recounting some memorable moments. Uh, but... Memorable moments. Uh, what's some from other systems? Uh, let's think. Um, a Pathfinder Pathfinder situation. So Pathfinder, like high level play, gets very um, extra, mm -hmm. like very anime superpowers. Of so we were on an airship um, fighting some monsters. Uh, I think they were like 
oni or kami kind of equivalent things uh and one of the players in an attempt to kill the enemy they were fighting tackled the enemy and then jumped off the airship uh in an attempt to like crush the enemy into the ground several i don't know thousand feet below how um so at that point like several of us then jumped off the airship thankfully all but one of us had some form of flight so we were able to like pull this back out of the bag but it was like i guess everyone's jumping off the airship now let's <laughs> jump off the airship um but yeah also a couple people did have uh there's there's a feat called catfall uh -huh. um which the the higher your proficiency in athletics acrobatics one of those two um if you get to like legendary proficiency you will take damage from you will not take any damage from any height of fall <laughs> so you can just you can jump out of airships and survive the landing with no damage as long as your legendary proficiency which is like level 17 mm. upwards you can be there um yeah nice just three fun land <laughs> yeah exactly superhero mm. very nice uh yeah we did some did some wild stuff in that campaign because that was like level 20 pathfinder so we were effectively yeah we were doing like fighting gods kind of stuff at the end of that campaign it always uh, ramps up to eventually fighting the gods at some points in a campaign yeah exactly heart i told you about the person who uh ended up becoming a train yes um yeah there was uh, another character who uh like just got progressively more mutated um by the sort of eldritch forces under this like the heart effectively mm -hmm. and they ended up like their body was covered in sphincters. <laughs> they were just like this. They could. You... Why? <laughs> this because Eldritch. <laughs> player, player agency. Um, but yeah, so there'd just be lots of like openings, orifices all over them. And they'd, you know, they'd talk out of their elbow. Wait, um, so, sorry, this was the player's choice that they were covered in. in I mean, like there was, there was sort of like were you know the 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 feet that they chose for their or unlike the the damage they picked up um for their character and then that's how they sort of uh described it oh like it's a <laughs> okay. sort of add they added to what was already in the book um in in rules appropriate ways and yeah uh and they also had like this really like they would for that character they did this like really awful like high-pitched witch voice like the, oh hell yeah i'm going for i can't even do it it was awful it it, it hurt me every time they spoke um <laughs> but that you suffer uh for your players so that your players can have a good time noted for uh the the hags which are uh upcoming of course in mm -hmm. uh, in the many lands uh yeah i'm a player i'm not allowed to suffer uh <laughs> <laughs> yes yes no no we don't let the players suffer that the players are like your children you know and you're like mm -hmm. the, you're the adult in they the can room. never experience any trauma or pain uh, it's very <laughs> it's important not that nothing bad ever happens in a roleplay game but no you know i'm a fan of player death so i do i no, I'm... character death character death not player death i was gonna say player <laughs> death yes player character death yes yeah uh, it is in it is in the rules like there are there are systems where death is like 
deliberately not in the rules, like uh, Tales from the Loop. Your characters can die unless you decide with the GM that that is the narrative choice, but really shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, like whereas D and D, there there are detailed rules for dying. Um, yeah, masks some... again, a game where your characters can't die. There are systems where, uh, like, the death should always be narrative, like a superhero thing, where it's like, dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, the big moment that someone's carrying the person's body out of the, the burning building, etc. Mm. Um, but uh, stuff like uh, D&D, Pathfinder, the sort of, I think, simulationist, where, like, there's lots of rules for lots of things because it's meant to be realistic somewhat like high adventure but like um you know in, in even lord of the rings like this people die mm. people die in in not noble ways they just die because because you're running around with swords and arrows and going into dangerous places voluntarily yeah uh, your home game where uh, a couple of us died from like but I think most of the like my my character died, but my character died from like trying to get other people out to safety, like going back in, healing people, shielding people, and then them dying. Like that's that's a heroic moment. That's like came uh, organically through the system. Mm. Like we didn't plan that ahead of time. Uh, yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a trap. It was a it was a complex trap which was pretty deadly. And you, and to be fair, you're you were very you know uh, 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 it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Very true to character that you were playing a, a grave cleric, and so one of his friends had already um, de- met their demise inside the trap, and your character had got out safely but then realized that this other one needed to be was stuck in there and needed to be recovered and went back in to save him and then or to recover his body at the very least and then your character died doing doing that um that was mm. and it yeah like you say it felt like it, it came organically but it also felt very yeah. fitting like at no point did it feel like it, it being cheated or manipulated like it was it it it, it suit it was an it was a suitable death for that character i would say yeah yeah i like it yeah that that system it relies on it leans a lot into the randomness of the dice rolls whereas like a different system where it's more like negotiated like you probably like plan like a uh, or you know discuss how to make a death cool or not cool but the 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 d20 is a very random dice it is indeed yeah Whereas uh, something and... like, uh, you know, 2d6, 3d6, you've got like that curve and it's less run, like, well, it's still random, but it's less um, unpredictable. Favorite character concepts that you have yet to try at a table? I don't know about favorite character concept, but there's one character that I sort of uh, created uh in preparation for like a new campaign i think it was or might have been uh thinking a character was going to die but then they didn't or something like that um but sort of you know came up with a character drew a picture um i was like oh they could you know try even coming up with like a potential accent which is more than i usually do these days because i always feel a bit weird about doing accents (laughs) 
Um, it's a safe space, Marshall. No problem. If you want to do an accent here, no problem. No, no, no. Like, like, like voices, fine. Accents, um, then you sort of like, like, un- unless you can somehow create an accent that doesn't exist in any real world culture, you start like getting edgy into what might. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I get you getting into yeah. stereotypes and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, which you, and yeah. or or profile because either you'd like you do like one of the safe accents, like uh, I don't know, like various UK accents or American or European, but then you sort of or, or but like then you're reinforcing that those are the default safe accents, mm. um, and you're reinforcing the dominance of those cultures. Mm. Uh, or you you do an accent from like a marginalized um, cultural community in in media, and then you're like, but now are you yeah, it's a bit iffy. Mm. So voices like yeah. high pitched or low pitched, those farts and talking or whatever. Um, yeah. So anyway, this character when I was coming up with them had a Scottish accent. Uh, um, they were a tiefling. They were a swashbuckler. Um, and yeah come they just sort of kept floating around and sitting around and now like someone has done i guess fan art of them <laughs> like someone i know who's an artist was like oh can i draw your character and like sure the character i've never played yes <laughs> so there is now like someone else's art that they did because they liked the character of this character so so what was it that compelled you to create uh, the tiefling uh, swashbuckler I, character. What was the I idea? No, um, Scottish accent as well. It's all that's interesting. Yeah, um, they were sort of like a. I don't know what really inspired them, other than like I thought swashbuckler was cool. What would be called the swashbuckler, maybe Tiefling. But uh, if we give them like a Scottish accent, they can be like a less offensive Sean Connery Bond. Because <laughs> um, they've so you know that's the swashbuckler attitude. But I like, want to engage me in single combat, do you? <laughs> but, but, but James Bond is a, is a terrible, terrible character. Yes. Awful. Yeah, I mean, he's not a human being, but if he was a human being, he'd be one of the worst human beings. Yeah, anyway, so it was like a, a little bit of James Bonding in there. So that's sort of swashbuckly Scottish accent, but a far nicer person. So the roguish audacity, the sort of the confidence of the of the rogue, but just with mm-hmm. uh, better values. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's do a question from our random question chart. Uh, the questions of which have been donated by our um, our viewers on Discord on the Discord chats for a slice of dice. I'm going to go with the top twelve. If you can roll a d12, that's d12. a lovely d12. I don't know if it'll focus if I hide my That's face, focusing maybe. enough, yeah. Yeah. This Three. I won this set actually. That's is that got uh, like flakes in it? Little flakes of copper. Um the numbers are copper and it's like a an a oceany like clear but with like a swirl of cloudy um Yeah in it as well. Lovely, very pretty. All right, roll the d12, sir, and let's see All what right. the question is. Roll that d12. I have a five. Five on the die. I am so happy that you didn't roll a seven. The last two have both rolled sevens, which okay. is bizarre. Um, but five. Hmm. Ha- <laughs> Ever had a squalid meal? <laughs> which oh, is God. Worth three copper pieces in, three in copper fifth pieces. edition. <laughs> what, is the, what is the description of a squalid meal, though? 
If I had a squalid meal, like, does a pot noodle count as squalid? I would say yes, you know? <laughs> I, I think that, yes, there, there is a bit of a... You could say that, like uh somebody affluent might might be like oh yeah i really fancy having a pot noodle and that'd be sort of their bit of rough if that makes sense <laughs> uh no i feel like it must be worse than a pot noodle like it, i think uh, it could well be worse than a pot noodle yeah but i think that would apply but i think you could go worse for sure yeah i don't think i have i don't think i have uh i mean like you know, I've I've done macaroni and cheese where you just like great cheddar, like you just cook macaroni and great cheddar on, and I feel like that's um, not amazing. <laughs> was that uh, uh, I can't be bothered to make anything else, or or was that an end of the month? I just need to sort of get to payday kind of meal. Can't be bothered to make anything else meal. Fair enough. <laughs> it's cheesy pasta, win win. Um, cheesy pasta, love a cheesy yeah, pasta. Yeah, if you're if you're talking to Italians, I've had pineapple and pizza, which is probably. Uh, maybe wretched even not squalid um <laughs> they just throw you out immediately <laughs> yeah yeah i'm outing myself as a pineapple on pizza eater i oh, sorry i was looking up seeing if anyone on the internet had lists for squalid meal squalid meal humble pie filled with tripe or cow heel no acorn soup no rice and peas i've had rice and peas uh green chili stew grilled snake and macadamia frogs on skewers onion soup i've had onion soup Oh, look, macadamia came under squalid I know. Meals. It's an interesting... I think it's just because it's just not uh, mixed up. I don't know. It seems a li limited amount of preparation. Crisped worm skewers and potatoes. Mm. Whereas poor has got porridge. I feel like porridge is close to squalid, but maybe... Maybe gruel comes under squalid and porridge is the step mm. up. Hmm mushroom stew with cornbread leg of mutton and goose eggs okay i see the, i sort of see the difference yeah i've definitely had squalid food then according to this list onion soup yeah french onion soup mm, wow. mm. it does sound like cheesy pasta would come under a squalid meal because it's just two components that, that's yeah, exactly yeah yeah well there we go the definitive answer is yes marshall has yes. in fact had a squalid meal yes. it sounds like we probably all have had a squalid meal at some point. you know what well, that's that's a damning indictment of the of the uk as it stands uh as if we even... needed any more damning stuff of the uk as it stands exactly we're even like middle class folks such as ourselves are having <laughs> squalid meals well, you know, we've got to make ends meet with our squalid meals. We just never add signpost them as squalid meals. <laughs> <laughs> Who would refer to their food as a squalid meal? Oh, dear. I love it. But anyway, Marshall, thank you so much uh, for, for conducting this interview with me. It's been actually, it's been really interesting to, I knew we were going to, um, that you'd touch on other systems. And I always find that mm. beneficial myself because it's like vicariously, I'm learning about systems through, through yourself. But uh, also just to hear, um, how far back the the journey goes like when when you started um 15 or so years ago and then like up to now um yeah it's been a a real a real progression and i i feel like i know you a bit better for that and that's always that's always lovely so thank you very I would, much i would say always recommend people try out other systems broaden your horizons um yeah i did like a, a year of like trying to join any session that had a different system in as like mm -hmm. a way of like going i must try everything it was a it was a long year but it was good i mean how I else I... are you going to know which systems you like unless you try different ones out right exactly and i got through like a hundred and something i can't remember the numbers but it was a big number 
that's like one every one every three days that's that's impressive mm-hmm. well yeah the trick is sort of go like do conventions where you can do like three systems in a day ah smart yes if um, if we don't get to do uh, this sort of format beforehand i will see you through the interwebs next year when we uh, pick up the session again hey Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of A Slice and Dice. If you've enjoyed what you've seen, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. We really do appreciate your support. And of course, if you'd like to get involved in any future interviews, whether that's being a guest yourself or suggesting uh, some options for our random question chart, join us on our Discord server. There should be a link to that down below.